Well, we are in the middle of a series called Living in the Light, and uh, we tried an experiment uh, about, what was that, July-ish? So. So it was a couple of months ago, and um, only a few people left the church over it, um, so we figured we'd try it again. Um, we'll give it another shot. Give it another shot. Yeah. But uh, Tim and I are going to attempt to do this together. Uh, today we are talking about relationships and something about relationships is uh, it, it's just good to have some sort of dynamic going where you can talk with someone because that's what relationships are. Well, what this are. is really is an example of a dysfunctional relationship. Right, right. So we're going to try to look at what Scripture says we could do to have more functional relationships. Mm-hmm, yes. And so uh, we're, we're here just to show bad examples of relationships and stuff like that. But anyways... So we're, we're jumping in, and before we do, I, I've just got to call you out on something. What? Um, were, were you doing, like, the chicken dance down there? That was the eagle, man. That was the eagle yeah. motion. Okay. Yeah, I was so doing the eagle. rise on wings like eagles. That I was, was kind of doing this. You were? Yeah, you were. Okay. Just one Lifting sure holy wings. Straight. Awesome. All right, so... Can, can um, y'all hear me okay? Y'all, he- y'all can yeah. hear me, can't you? I, we can hear you. Okay. Well, that's you. important to me. Um, All right, go ahead. <laughs> All right, so today our our message is called Relationship Status. We are in the section of Ephesians. We've been going through that letter uh, and having a great time with it the past few weeks. And today we're in the section where Paul talks about relationships. And so as Paul is talking about relationships, we were trying to think of a a title that would work for it. And the, the title we came up with was Relationship Status. Now, those of you who are social mediaites, you know that relationship status is a term from Facebook. You identify your relationship status. And if you go under there, uh, there are all sorts of options for what you can check beyond mm-hmm. things you would even think of off the top of your head. But my favorite always has been, and this has been with Facebook since the very beginning of relationship status, is it's complicated. What does that even mean? I mean, aren't all relationships kind of complicated? Well, they, if they're not complicated, they're definitely complex, and there's no question about it. In fact, we know represented here, there's a lot of different relationships. Like, for example, my youngest son, I, I went to the driver's, Department of Driver Safety. You ever been to that? It's an experience. And my son was getting his permit, and I had to fill out a report, and it had you know, who is the parent? And so that can be complex uh, when you're filling out security questions online to get mm-hmm. a password or uh, to have password protection. You know, what was your mother's maiden name? And relationships is really, our life is made up of relationships. And in this room, we know there, there are relationships in terms of marital relationships. Uh, some of you are single parents. There are some widows or widowers. Maybe in the last year you buried a spouse. Uh, maybe you're single again and you've moved through divorce. Yes, and there is some examples of different relationships. Um, <laughs> and, and so uh, that was unprompted, I think. But, uh, I think so. Yeah. So we know as we head into this, let me say this, as we head into this study of relationships, we know there's a variety of relationships. There's a myriad of relationships. And we just recognize that this scripture speaks to all of them. And as we take a look at some of these, you know, one of them is marital relationship. And I'd like for us to take a look at that. 
Um, and you have your message notes. Take a look at your message notes here. And we want you to follow along. And we're not going to read the scripture as a whole, but right now we're going to just take excerpts from it. Um, let's, let's pick up with marriage. All right. Um, it was God's idea. Uh, marriage can be complicated. And it can be complex, and so much so that Paul addresses that. I'm going to ask Anthony, if he would, um, kind of set the stage, right before we go to marital relationships, set the stage for what verse 21 tells us. Well, it, it's interesting that you say that, because I think what a lot of times we do with the Scripture is we jump straight to verse 22. That's, that's the heavy hitter, and we'll, we'll get there mm-hmm. in a second, but... Before Paul says verse 22, which has been a source of a little bit of controversy throughout the centuries, he says this to everyone. So this is a letter that's written to a church. Um, As we discussed the first week of the series, this was a letter that was circulated amongst other churches. And so he he greets them in this section and says, submit submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And as we talked about last week, we were talking about how we're supposed to live as children of the light. We're mm-hmm. supposed to be people right. who live as children of the light. You are, you are no longer in darkness, so live as children of the light. And in verse 15, um, this is in the message notes, it says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. And then he goes through a few different scriptures. And then he says, submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. So this is something that's for all of us. Before he starts addressing individual relationships, he says, everyone, this, that, that, that's the Greek there, everyone submit to one another, just live in an attitude of submission. So you want to take marriage? Yeah, yeah let's take a look at that. Let's uh, look at verse 22 with me. Uh, Wives, submit yourself to your, uh, to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in every way. Now he goes on. He, he's dealt with the spouse, the wife, and, and he says the word submit. But what you'll find is there is an equal, there's a mutual submission because he goes on and he says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So think, of that, think about that a minute. Uh, in any healthy relationship, there is an egalitarian view. There's an equal understanding of the value of the other person. Um, a little later, we'll see how God sees everyone as equal. But to have a healthy marriage, both play roles, both show leadership. It's just different roles and different leadership. And so this concept of having a healthy relationship. Uh, This concept of having health in the midst of complexity and it being complicated comes in a mutual respect. In fact, if you skip down to verse 32, look at that with me in your message notes. However, each of you should also love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. And earlier, what's interesting to me, Anthony, is he said, he says this, husbands, love your wife like you love your body. Now, we guys, we like our bodies. I mean, that's a priority for us. 
I mean, when I was growing up in the basement, I had a, I had a full poster-sized image of Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, our former governor of California. Are we in confession time? Now? <clears throat> yes. Okay. And then I had a mirror, and then I had a weight set, and so I would pump a little iron, uh-huh. and then look at Arnold, and then go. <laughs> it was great, and I, you know, I would check about every three minutes to see if my muscles had gotten enlarged, and and, and so. I think what, what he's saying is, if you, will, if you will love your wife like you do your own body, that is huge. But even more so, in verse 33, he says, love your wife as Christ loved the church. And what did Christ do? Laid his life down for the church. He served the church. He sacrificed everything. And so I think what he's getting at is a mutual submissiveness, a mutual spirit of servanthood where you give to each other. One other thing about this verse, and then I'll let you share. And that is in verse 33, it says, Husbands, love your wives. He goes on to say, Wives, love your husbands in verse 33. And wives, respect your husbands. Okay, in other words, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Wives, respect your husbands. Respect is so important, and it needs to be a mutual respect. But respect can be lived out in different ways. Kind of a corny example, but my wife's on the front row, okay? She is. She is. And, Sorry. and one of the things, you know, in the vows we take, that we say, you know, um, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish. Now, there's a mutual commitment there, but the other is to love and to cherish. What does it mean to cherish? Well, that can be lived out in different ways. And in marriage, and we'll wrap up marriage in just a minute and move to parenting, but in marriage, for Delia, she feels cherished when I'm maintaining the car. Now, doesn't that sound romantic? When she knows that that car is going to be reliable, it doesn't have to be new. In fact, it probably doesn't need to be new. But if it's getting the oil changed, the wheels rotated, and she knows she can put that on the road, and I put gas in that thing, wow, she feels cherished. Or if the bills are going to be paid, okay? That's a big need for her. She feels like, ah, I'm taken care of. Respect, you know how she shows respect to me? It's through admiration. Like, every once in a while. She'll say you look like Arnold Schwarzenegger? No. Okay. (laughs) Even better than that. She'll say, you were strong in the pulpit. That was a great message. And I'll be like, yeah, baby. (laughs) I mean... Because there's admiration. And I think that's, that's the point. It's manifested in different ways, but it's equal right. based on our needs. Well, I, I think that um, one thing that comes to mind when, when you're talking about that is that the mutual respect, the mutual submission. Uh, one of the things, and I haven't been married as long as you have, but mm-hmm. 
one of the things I've realized in our marriage, we, we realized this before we even got married, is that there are, are so many sacrifices that you have to make for one another. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those who don't know our story, my wife Emma and I, uh, we, we went through premarital counseling and we had a 10-year plan. It was part of our counseling. We had to do this. Um, we, we, we look back on it now just to laugh at it because yeah, you funny. know how those things go. Uh-huh. But we're, we're four months, four years, <coughs> not four months, four years into this. And, and one of the things we realized was that, that it's not possible for you to fulfill your dreams and for me to fulfill my dreams unless we're both sacrificing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so um, we've done this crazy thing where we've both had to go to school in Atlanta. My, my work has been here. I've felt called here. And so I've driven a lot. We got a car uh, a little over two years, about two and a half years ago. It's got over 80,000 miles on it um, because we, we are making sacrifices mm-hmm. that we're going to help each other fulfill our dreams so that we can be in a better situation later on in life. And so she feels most affirmed when I can support her in her dreams. Mm. And so what do I do for that? I hop in a car three times a week, and I drive from Atlanta to Macon for work. Um, I work more than three days, just so you know. Um, right. But, but another thing, th- this is... All- yeah, the, the rest of the time you live with your mother. That's right, I do. Which brings us to parenting. <laughs> um, and, and just the whole idea of parenting, uh, and it, it, he jumps into kind of, we, we titled it Family Relationships, but let's, let's read through these verses real quick. Um, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Uh, I think I missed some verses there, but... That's okay. Okay, uh, I, think, I think we're good. <clears throat> um, but that whole idea of parenting and, and the, the command that, that's referenced there is to honor your parents, to obey your parents... For, for this was right. What, what do you think it means? You're, you're a father of three. You obviously were a son at one point. Yeah. Uh, what do you think it means well, to honor I, you your Well, you know, parents? one of the things that, that uh, is strong that comes out of this verse is that it comes with a promise. Um, in the Old Testament, we find that it says, honor your father and mother, and it will be good for your life. Um, your, your life will go well. And, and I think there's a couple of things. I think even in parenting relationships, uh, parent to child, child to parent, that there needs to be a mutual respect. Now, there's different roles that we play, and one has authority over the other, but there can still be a mutual respect. I think that's the thread that is woven through all of these relationships. In a minute, we're going to be talking about working relationships. That applies there, too. And, and you know, what does it mean to honor your parents? Well, that's, that's a lifelong process. Um, and, and one of those ways is, yeah, in, in the way we speak about them in respectable ways, uh, the way we treat them, but also the, somebody mentioned to me this week, Anthony, the way we live our lives mm-hmm. is a representation for their legacy. It is, it is part of who they are. And so one of the ways I honor my parents is having a life of character and, and behavior. So, you know, I think there's a sense in which it has to do with the way we treat them, but it also has to do with the way we, we carry ourselves with a strong character. Um, 
The other piece to this, too, is Dewey and I never realized how quickly ministering to aging parents, how soon that would come. And it hit us like that. It wasn't something we had really prepared for. <clears throat> and so one of the ways that we feel that we're still honoring our parents is making sure. It doesn't mean that we have to care for them. We're afforded that opportunity with one of them. But it's making sure that their needs are met. Somebody's taking care of them. And uh, in our house, we're able to take care of Carrie Sue. And Delia and I often will say, now see kids, see how we're treating our parents? <laughs> see that? Word picture. And so, um, so I think that's helpful. So it is a lifelong process. And one of the things that gets confusing, too, is that ambiguity, that, that, that season of ambiguity where one leaves adolescence and moves to adulthood and where we parent differently, we're, we're disciplinarians, we, we give boundaries, we coach, and then there comes that point where we become their friends and coach. And sometimes that can have some tension with it, trying to find out, mm -hmm. okay, is this a situation where I'm their friend or am I an authority or are those days over, that kind of thing. So it's very complex. Right. It's complicated. It is complicated. Speaking of complicated, um, you are my boss, <clears throat> um, and that's complicated sometimes. Uh, but well, let's, let's take a look at verse 5 real yeah. quick. We, we all look at verse 5, chapter 6. It says, associate pastors, obey your earthly <laughs> senior pastors with respect and fear. What do you do with that? That That's the Tim Steffen reverse standard version. Okay. but um, It's different in the NIV. Okay. <laughs> but working relationships are important. And right. what do you see as, as vital in that? Well, I, I think that um, th there are a couple of things that really stick out in this section if you're reading through it. Um, one is that um, th this is one of those verses that was used to justify slavery. See, it says, slaves obey your masters. And that was, that was all that they would read. And, and they would just drive that point home. But th this wasn't to justify slavery. This was to, to recognize, I think this is something that all of us can relate to, is that in life there are certain relationships that are in place. And for, for some people um, in this time period, their, their class, their, their working relationship was... Uh, reporting to a master, just like we might have a supervisor mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. And so ba basically, I think what Paul is saying is, is for those of you who have people who are in authority <clears throat> over you, you need to submit to that authority. And, and one of the ways that we're submitting, and I think this is good, is it says, work wholeheartedly as though unto the Lord. Right. And so there's even a higher accountability um, related to our work ethic and how we live out our lives in the workplace. Right. And I, and I would say that just like the part on marriage where it, it says, wives submit to your husbands, that's of the Lord, it talks a few verses about wives, and then it talks for several verses about husbands and how right. they're supposed to treat their wives. There, there's also a charge to senior pastors here, um, to masters, and masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is born with their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. And it's just a reminder that we all are, are created in the image of God, that, that even though there might be earthly dynamics where there's a hierarchy that make things complicated, there, there is something beyond that, and that is the fact that when it's all said and done, that there's one Lord, and that's Jesus Christ. 
Well, and that, that verse 9 <clears throat> and, you know, shows no favoritism. The Lord shows no favoritism, and, right. and you've spoken to that. And one of the things we do in, in our wrap-up here, I want to share this, is this is a collaborative effort. Every week when one of us brings a message, all three of us are bringing a message, hopefully from the Holy Spirit. But it's a collaborative effort. And so when I preach behind me, you're hearing Anthony and John Horton. And this week, John Horton asked the question of us. We get together and we study these scriptures and, and pray together. And one of the questions he had was, you know, all these helpful hints about having a healthy relationship. Um, does it really make a difference that we're a follower of Christ? Does it really mean anything that we're a Christian in terms of informing how we relate to others? And the answer is absolutely yes. Because one is, it goes back to what we talked about, a higher authority. Uh, no matter if somebody's subordinate or superior in terms of their ranking, they're both made in the image of God. Whether in parenting, I have to recognize that the incarnation of, of my love with my wife is my children, but they've been made in the image of God. My spouse has been made in the image of God. And so that changes the whole perspective of how agape love, a Greek word meaning unconditional, comes into play. Because I see that person as a child of God. And they're equal, and there's no favoritism. And so I need to treat them in that way. And so coming away from this, uh, I know you're going to move through a time where some folks can respond. Mm -hmm. I think... There's some threads that seem to be coming out of, out of these, uh, these scriptures, some common factors, uh, some common principles. What would you say some of those are? Well, the, the, the very first part, the submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, that, that mutual, global, mm -hmm. kind of everybody who's involved in this whole relationship thing, which is all of us to some degree right. or another, all of you live in an attitude of submission and out of respect for one another. Yeah, and... And in that is embedded respect. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think you could either say it's undergirded or there's an umbrella of, of God's love that acts as a canopy over all of these relationships. And the wonderful thing for us, you know, living in the light, it goes back to you were once in darkness. You could treat people however you wanted to. Uh, you could dehumanize folks. But guess what? You're, Paul's saying to the Ephesus church, you're now under the light. And that means you've got to relate to people differently. You've got to treat them like Christ would treat them. And I think that's part of the takeaway in these relationships. Is it easy? Uh-uh. It's complicated. It's complicated. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, he can work through our dysfunctions, our infirmities, our brokenness, and bring wholeness and healing to our relationships. Right. 